Hi there, and welcome to Emmanuel. This is our conversations podcast where we spend a bit of time talking about the type of people that we want to become in our communities and in our homes. We hope that this encourages you to live a little bit more like Jesus taught us. God bless you. Hi, everyone. I'm Micah, and I'm here today with Corey. Hello, everyone. And we're just uh, going to take a nice, light topic again today. The whole idea behind these conversation podcasts is to kind of give you uh, a, a peek inside some of the conversations that happen at Emmanuel between Sundays, you know, the things that are going on. And we we started our very first one by saying there's we laugh so much and there's so much good stuff happening. We wanted to share it. And today, that's part of what we're up to. We want to share with you uh, the reasons behind a lot of what happens around here. Yeah, so we want to talk about change. And before I hear the sound of many mouse, mice clicking uh, the off button. Mises. Mises, yes, clicking the off button. Then um, this is really an important subject that's near and dear to our hearts because life's about change. When I talk to people in my office or in a coffee shop about how their lives are going, it really is all about change. How can I change the patterns that I have in my life right now? Because life's not working. Mm. And so much of the work in the church that I experience and lead through is about how do we get from here to there? Because what we're doing now, while it's good, it's not working as well as it could. Uh, the way somebody put it once, what got us here won't get us there. Mm. And uh, just kind of standing in solidarity with the topic Instead of drinking coffee, I've got hot chocolate. Nice. I'm changing things up. What was the one of the quotes that's probably been attributed to a hundred different people? But what they say that insanity is doing things the same way over every and time. over again and expecting different results. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think Albert Einstein said that. Well, that's one of the people it was along attributed to. with uh, Billy Graham, uh, <laughs> Mother Teresa. And Bill Gates, they all said it at the same time, I think. Yeah, someday I'm sure that it will be attributed to me. Someday. Okay, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) So the first thing we want to talk about is this, that change is just a reality. Yeah, our whole goal in this conversation, though, is to get to the end of uh, we want to ask the question of how can we be positive, not just like Pollyanna-ish, but how can we positively contribute when change is going on. Mm. And to get there, we wanted to acknowledge a couple of things. And Corey, I interrupted you, but you were saying it, That's and I'll fine. let you roll with it. Yeah, well, the, the first thing I want to say is that change is a reality. You can't get around changing. Everybody who's uh, lived any length of time here on this earth knows that everything around us is going to change. We can't stay where we are all the time. So, as Mike and I were just prepping and talking about this topic, one of the things that came up that we could spend a little bit of time on is the reason that change is a reality is because our culture is changing dramatically all the time. Mm. Uh, Micah, you work on the front lines of where that change, change happens amongst emerging generations. We all feel it, but it's it's there. I mean, think about how things have changed in youth ministry, for instance, which is one of the things that you do, uh, from the time that you started, even here, your days at Emmanuel, 12 yeah. plus years ago, yeah. to today. Oh, and it's uh, a fun way of encapsulating this. Uh, a couple of days ago, I was re- rearranging my office, 
and came across two film canisters and uh, sent them away to be uh, developed because I thought they were photos of the early days when I was here that had never got developed. I thought it would be fun to see uh, faces that I now know a little bit older when they were still young. Uh, and I was telling the story to the students downstairs. I, the pictures came back Monday. I was telling the students Tuesday night about it. And uh, nobody there really had a concept of what a film canister was. Right in the 12 years that I've been here, and that seems like really small potatoes compared to salvation and eternity and the things that we we are really all about. But it's a great little snapshot of even in 12 years, how much things have changed. We went from being film only to our kids not even knowing what film really is, except maybe out of a, a history book someplace. Well, let's think a minute for about some of the ways, just a yep. few examples of how our culture has changed that's made it more challenging or created opportunities for us to be able to, to lead people to Jesus. So, uh, one of them would be, um, I guess, uh, well, just think about how, uh, th- there's such a competitive spirit out there in terms of the world of religions out there. We, we know more about different spiritualities, different choices, uh, different talking heads than we have in the past. So yeah. that can be really confusing, distracting for people. Whereas before, you know, it, it, as you kept going back in time, it was simpler and simpler. We knew less and less about all the different options out there for us. Yeah. And it can be a little dizzying. Just kind of like when you go to the, to go to the, the, uh, the drugstore and look for a, a, a tube of toothpaste. You have like a hundred different choices yeah. and you become paralyzed. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, this is a very different aspect of it, but earlier this week or uh, an aspect of how our culture's changed earlier this week, uh, one of the youth ministry websites I keep up with, they did a, an analysis of a website usage report. So once a year, this website publishes how much the website is used. Uh, and the uh, website I was reading was analyzing it because it was a youth ministry website, but the data was from, uh, and excuse me for going into a, a dark topic, but about a, a porn hosting website. And one of the leading numbers is that last year, this one website served 21 billion hours of porn mm-hmm. uh, video over the internet. You know, that Watching a video online wasn't even possible when I started here 12 years ago, uh, let alone consuming that much of something so radically unhealthy. And there are, that's just one example of music changes in our yeah. culture, uh, the presentation styles. When we were growing up, uh, it was really high tech to have an overhead projector. Now most people don't even know what is that. Yeah. An overhead projector. What is that all about? And, and so technology has changed definitely. So communication styles have changed. Uh, there are some things that haven't changed. People haven't changed. Many of our basically. needs and our hurts are still the same. Mm. And that, you know, that's one of the reasons why we have to go through change uh, all the time as, as a church. You know, why does a church need to keep changing? I mean, we said change is a reality. It's because we are in an active process of bringing the gospel, the good news of Jesus, salvation to a world that is largely dominated by forces that don't want to have the gospel. Mm. 
They don't want to hear about Jesus. And our enemy is constantly coming up with new ways to distract people from their need for Jesus. And as a result, we need to be adjusting and bringing the unchanging gospel to a changing culture. I think that's not a a line that's new to me, but, uh, and I can't quote who said it, but, you know, the the good news of Jesus doesn't change, but the, the way that it is delivered has to. The reality of who our God is, and and of course, many of us would say, well, God doesn't change. It's true. But God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is always trying to change us. Yes. To bring us more into line, to make us more engaged to the culture. And so because the Holy Spirit is always working on the church, never giving up on the church yes. to lead us into what God wants us to do, uh, the way that the way that Jesus put it is in Matthew, or rather Luke chapter five, verses 37 to 39. He used the image of wine and wineskins. And I know that's not a favorite Baptist image, right? Micah? Yeah. Jesus turned water into wine 2000 years ago, and we've been trying to turn it back ever since. <laughs> yeah. There's lots of jokes on that yeah. one, but Jesus speaks about old and new. Uh, he gave, it says in verse 36, in Luke chapter five, then Jesus gave them this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new gar- garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For then the new garment would be ruined and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. So again, Jesus is speaking about it's really hard. He's speaking about the, the law and he's speaking about the new thing that he's come to bring, mm. the way of grace and the two can't match. But then he, goes on to speak about this principle that I think really applies when it comes to change. And it's this, that no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. And that has, through the years of the church, we're talking going back hundreds and even back into the early days of the church, that passage was used so that the church would be inspired to have fresh expressions yeah. in its own generation, in its own time. And we see lots of evidence that the church has changed through the years and tried to adapt to its culture. And then we see lots of examples of how they've gotten stuck, you know, whether it's in the, in the times that we were, I mean, part of the, part of the whole idea of the, the Reformation and what followed is, couldn't we have the scriptures in our own language? Now that's crazy talk. Yeah. But people died over it. <laughs> yes, they did. And because it was resisted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, there may not be as big of issues on the line today, but change is still uh, part of a reality of what the church life's all about. There needs to be new wine all the time. It's probably personally healthy to be constantly confronted with change. Uh, our lives are to be centered around Christ. Uh, to orbit around Jesus. But if things never change in my life, my routine and my safety zones and the stuff of my life, they can pretty rapidly become what I orbit my days around. Mm. I always start my co- uh, day this way, or this is always like this, and so that it's safe and comfortable. Mm. Uh, sometimes those things need to go away so that we can be reminded that our life is actually supposed to be centered on Jesus. I don't think there's any better analogy of that or image. I mean, bar what Jesus has shared with us about how 
difficult change is, which is now the next thing that I want to acknowledge, how mm. difficult change is, then, uh, and, and both of us had this experience of, of a new child coming along. It changes your life and it's a, an occasion of deep joy and meaning and satisfaction. But does it make your life easier? No. Um, any stories about that recently? Would you like me to talk to you about diapers? <laughs> An insane number of diapers for one small child. And have your sleep patterns changed since you've had no, Elsa? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so change is hard. Uh, that's kind of what we're getting at. <laughs> well, it, it, but it's true. It's but change is really hard when it comes to the church as well. Yeah. For a lot of reasons, it, it's difficult when you think about. We have so much. For me, I have a lot of nostalgia about the past, and every time I visit my home, I remember oh the good old days, right? Yeah. And I'm not terribly old, although my kids, I'm sure, would say that I'm extremely old, but. I still think back to those times that the sentimentality attached to it, um, really fond memories of times when I thought things were better and wanting to chase those down again. Yeah, usually, though, you know, change comes in a season of life when things are difficult. Usually. It's just, it's a trend. And so we naturally tend to remember days where that weren't so difficult. And that makes us think of how much better they were and can't we just go back then wouldn't it be better then wouldn't it be nicer then so we can resist it right yeah that that's where it leads to we do it in our own lives for the habits in our own lives but in churches this is one of the the most common things in churches every church you talk to every pastor it's happening in every church change is so hard and it can feel like it hurts people and it's messy and it can result in conflict and criticism. That's the other thing I wanted to highlight about why change is hard is because so often it feels like a personal attack. Mm. If you were involved, if I was involved in uh, bringing whatever it is that's changing to the place it was now, yeah, it was 20 years ago, we spun up a, a new type of worship service. All right, twenty years later, I, I was I was involved in it, and I gave my life to it, and I sweated and worked hard. You know, somebody comes in five years later, ten years later, twenty years later, and says, "Well, it's time to change it." It can sound like what you did wasn't good enough, mm. or what you did wasn't godly enough, or what you did didn't honor God, and that's not really what change at in a church is about. It's not a personal attack. It's not saying that what went before wasn't godly. It's an acknowledgement that God continues working in this world. And as he continues working, we want to be near him. And so, yeah, for a season, he did that. And now the Holy Spirit is doing this. We want to be on this uh, because we want to be near God. Michael, one of the things that maybe we don't talk about it overtly, but we talk about it amongst ourselves in in a lot of different ways is that we so wish i know you and i and i I know the other pastors here as well we so wish that we could transfer all or some of the energy that we put into criticizing and Mm. conflict into evangelism and sharing our faith with other people we so wish that we could funnel and tunnel all of that vision all of that stuff into a a good and healthy vision because for 
so many of us, I know that these can be intensely personal issues that are difficult for some people, but for most of us, it feels like we are, we're not making the best use of our time. We can put our energy better elsewhere. Let me give an example there. Yesterday, uh, just yesterday, I got into a conversation with somebody and I was the problem in this conversation. I was pointing out why, you know, whatever it was that they wanted to do couldn't possibly work here. Blah, blah, blah. I was the wet blanket on the, the change. And I remember thinking, you know, I was out for a drive someplace and I remember thinking in the silence of my own head, you know, what? was that really the best use of my time uh, to like, squash an idea that maybe God would use. Couldn't, I, couldn't Wouldn't it have been better for me to like encourage my brother or sister? Uh, wouldn't it have been better for me to encourage them and then end the conversation instead of spending an hour, two hours on it? I mean, that if I could just stop being so critical in my own soul, mm. and I'm sure other people are feeling the same way. If I could just stop being so critical in my own soul about, I want to stay where we are. And start reaching people who don't know Jesus. But that you would know, be such a better return on investment. It's a huge leadership question. How can you transfer the energy that we put into managing the change process yes. and you know resisting change and communicating about it? How can we put it into a positive, uh, God honoring? kind of vision yeah. that would help us to reach more people. We all would be happier if we did that. But the reality is uh, we're here in community with each other and misunderstandings happen. Uh, the reality is change is hard yeah. and there are going to be all sorts of conversations. We just have to be careful. We don't fall into some bad habits or difficult traps when it comes around change. We all need to keep an eye out for that. Um, Corey, we started by asking the question, so how can we be positively engaged? And that's one of the ways. You just highlighted that. Are there other ways? You know, when change comes, and it can feel personal, but I, I'm able to set it aside. And I'm now looking for something to replace that angst. I, I want to do something good rather than just be a, an anchor around somebody's ankle. What are some things we can be doing? Yeah, so I guess this is where we wanted to really lead towards, and that mm. is how can we see that even though it's difficult, even though it's hard sometimes to wrap our minds around it, even though the past, uh, we have a great attachment to it, that some changes, and in fact, many changes can result in a vision that honors God being accomplished. So let's think about some examples of how can I contribute to positive change? One of the things that I share with people is that take the time to understand what our vision is all about. Because if you don't get that, if I don't get that, then we're going nowhere. We're going to get involved in in fruitless, I think, arguments about how we do things around here, unless we know why we do things around here. And so for us, as you've heard us in different podcasts, uh, we have arrived at the at the point that we believe that it's whatever it takes to help people find Jesus. Whatever we do is actively involved in reaching people who don't know Jesus or preparing us to be actively yeah. involved in reaching people for Jesus. So it's really important at the start of this journey, if this might be a start for some of you who are listening, to really get behind that. Search the scriptures 
and the words of Jesus try to discover his passion and his heartbeat for the lost. Mm. Because if there, there really is nothing else that would have driven Jesus to the cross, the extent of love that he had, the extent of sacrifice that he had, other than that he was trying to rescue us. And though we are grateful he did that, he has also left us an example, is that is what we are to do, yeah. to sacrifice comforts, as hard ch- as change is, to, to, to reach people who need to turn to Jesus on the cross. Uh, there's no greater joy in heaven than yeah. the joy of a lost person coming home. Step number one, tap into what that vision is. And if you don't get it, pray and read and search the scriptures in the heart of God till you get that. That, that is so key. Uh, that is a non-starter if we're not there first. So practical example of this. Change comes. It's difficult. Uh, but you can see, you know, in our context, let's say, uh, you can see that this is about helping to reach somebody who doesn't know Jesus. Mm. So most of us, we've got family members. We've got loved friends that aren't walking with Jesus. The question has to be asked, am I willing to give up whatever it is I'm upset at is changing? Am I willing to give up drinking communion out of clear cups if it meant that my brother, my childhood friend, whoever it is, my grandson, my niece would find Jesus? Am I willing to give that up on the chance that they'll find salvation? And and that can change our attitude so radically. Yeah. Because it gives us a basis to say there's something that matters more yes. than the pain that I'm going through right yes. now. And it's the pain of that loved one or somebody's loved one who doesn't know Jesus yet. Yeah. Uh, until we, until we have that burning vision inside, we're not going to feel the same pain that's in the heart of God. Uh, we're, we, we're going to feel pain about some other things about how hard changes personally on us. So again, tap into what that vision is all about. Apply it, secondly, to the situations in your life and in the church where that vision needs to be applied. Of course, we're for the last seven years, 20 years, 30 years here at Emmanuel, and I'm sure for the next 30 in our church and every church, we're going to be applying that to how do we worship? What songs do we sing? All that sort of thing. Yeah. But it's really important to apply that gospel principle uh, to that vision to those circumstances. And then the third step, the third thing we can do is to be <laughs> kind of evangelistic about it. Because we need to be people who, when someone comes to us and says, I'm having so much difficulty here with what's going on. Could be an old friend or it could be somebody new that we've met in the church. We need to be able to say to them, uh, explain to them, yeah, this is hard. This is a hard change that we've had to go through. Yeah. Here's, But here's why we do it this way. And even though I don't like it, but this is why. And yeah. this is why it helps us to reach new people for Jesus. And we've decided that that's more important than some of the other things that I know you're struggling with right now. Yeah. And to say to them, I've been there too. I struggled with the same things. And so we can be healers of the church and vision bearers to the yeah. church. So those are, those are three steps. So again, a practical example. Somebody comes, they're complaining about our made up example. I can't believe they want to have communion out of white cups. 
Um, and, you know, the response is, yeah, you're right. That is a change. That is hard. But it's worth it if it means little Johnny or little Timmy or Susie or Ben or old Dave or old John or old whatever, whoever comes to Jesus. Hmm. So just to recap, uh, for, for me, getting to that point where we get to positively contribute to what God wants to do mm-hmm. in this world and reaching people for Jesus, that change is going to be a reality of what we do. Jesus talked about the new wine and the new yeah. wineskins. Secondly, there's a, there's a lot of things I wish we could go back to doing, but Jesus is doing something new. The second one is that change is really difficult. Jesus acknowledged it. I didn't read a verse in Luke chapter 5, but it's one of the harder ones. And it says this in verse 39 in the New Living Translation, but no one who drinks the old wine seems to want to... New to want to drink the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. And Jesus is giving us a little, you know, wake up call there, saying, yeah. "It's it's so easy to like the old that we miss out on all of the new." Yeah. And so change is hard. We always want the old, but there are some changes and many changes that can result in new wine being poured into new wineskins and the joy. There is no deeper joy. Is there than seeing someone who's being baptized? There's no deeper joy than praying with someone who doesn't know Jesus and they're saying, listen, I want to give my life over to him. What can I do? And you pray with them. Yeah. There is no deeper joy. It doesn't get better. And I want that. to tell you, if you haven't experienced that, um, you and I and those that are listening, I just challenge you. That will change. That will rock your world. It will change your life. It will remind you that there is a deeper joy. And where the, the end of the road can be when we yeah. change than just staying where we are now. A few years ago, Jody and I uh, started praying that God would give us the privilege of praying with people, being used by Jesus to lead them to Jesus. And that would be a prayer that I would encourage all of us. Well, you're Billy Graham and you've led what seems like hundreds of millions of people to Jesus or you're like me and you can count maybe on one finger how many people you've led to Jesus. Uh, pray that prayer. Start that being the quest of your life that God would use you to bring people to salvation. Uh, and that changes everything. Hmm. Well, that's probably long enough for today, Corey. I think we're going to wrap it up there. We hope uh, to have more conversations just acknowledging that change can be difficult and and what steps we can be uh, taking, not to make change easier, but to understand why it has to happen. Yeah. We'll be talking about this many times, I'm sure, in the future. But our prayer for you today would be not only that you are drawn closer to Christ, uh, not through this conversation, but through the work in, that he's doing in your life, but that he would use you to lead others to Jesus. And I think that's a goal and a vision for all of us. God bless you today.